Greetings, folks, and welcome to episode 58 of the Far Bell Metal Podcast. I'm your host and guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. In this episode, Manuel from Zealand Order discusses his first band, and I recommend the Rhode Island metal outfit, The Mighty Fall. Before all that, I interview Mina Caputo from Life of Agony. Life of Agony are an influential New York alternative metal band who have been on again, off again for the last 30 years. On October 11th, the band will release their album, The Sound of Scars. This album is a concept album that is the sequel to their first album, River Runs Red. Frontwoman Mina Caputo came on the show to tease how the albums are tied together, the impact the show The Office has had on the band, her love of Curb Your Enthusiasm, and a lot more. So before we dive in with Mina, here are some of Scars from their forthcoming album, The Sound of Scars. name again? Uh, my name is Daniel. <laughs> Daniel. Hi. Hi. Where are you calling from? I am calling from a town outside of Sacramento called Davis. Oh. Yeah. It's a college town, so there actually might be some ruckus in the background of this because people are just coming in for the new semester or quarter or whatever, so that'll be fun if that <coughs> interferes a bit. Uh, where are you at in the world these days? I'm in Brooklyn right now. Fantastic. Yeah. I have a lot of friends uh, in that general vicinity. A lot of my writer pals are based over there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So I'll go ahead and uh, jump into the interview chatty sort of stuff for us. Um, Yeah, cool. Cool. I hopefully won't take up too much of your time. Um, Sorry. Uh, So the new Life of Agony album, Sound of Scars, is going to drop in a few weeks. And from what I've heard, it's it's both really rad, it sounds fresh, but also sounds very Life of Agony-y. What did you and the band set out to do or say on this album that might be different than previously or... We don't really set out to do anything, really. We're just doing what we do. We're doing what we're born to do, really. You know, um to write an incredible record to bury the last one to outright ourselves basically you know there isn't you know we don't have this big grandiose scheme behind every album we put out you know we're just we're artists that (laughs) you know are, are uh entertaining that insatiable appetite to just keep creating you know um yeah do we uh hope to heal people in the process absolutely um do we hope that our music allows people to wear the crown of courage and to live their lives the way they intend. Yes, of course. Um, But at the end of the day, we hope that our listener um, 
basically get some kind of wholeness and joy and inspiration through the work that we've just pretty much gave birth to, really. I mean, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Okay. And also the new album is a sequel of sorts to River Runs Red, but that album ended in like a really dark, uh, unsettling place. How do you open the new album picking up where that one left off? Um, well, is this coming out before the record's release? Uh, it will come out Thursday, so if you want to tease it, I totally understand. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to give it away. Um... What was your question again? Sorry, maybe I could... Uh, River Runs Red ended in like a really dark place with what seemed like a, a suicide of the the protagonist of the story. And this right. is a sequel to that album, so I've read. Um, how does this album pick up? Like, is it different? If it di- is it different subjects? Well, like, it... you find out what happens. You, you There is closure on this album, and there wasn't closure on the last album so um yeah but i i kind of can't give that away because then i we ruin the surprise of like how this this dialogue um unfolds in a sense totally understand um when you announced uh your transition you were quoted as saying that you contemplated you were contemplating suicide before um, coming out and the story of course of River Runs Red and I'm assuming some element of the new one uh, focus on suicide a lot is it difficult for you to revisit these sort of things now or is it almost like triumphant for you um it's definitely more triumphant for me and um you know, I was struggling with uh, thoughts and actions in all of my 20s. Um, you know, it's like I had very difficult 20s and early 30s. Um, but this is more triumphant for me because I I feel like I've, I've outgrown these very dark places that... Um, or I would say I learned how to rewire um, my emotional state and I'm much more clearer and much more in a delighted state than I was when I was in my 20s and 30s, especially, you know, in my teens when The River Runs Red was pretty much written. So, you know, I'm going to be 46. I'm a very different human being than I was when I was a child, you know. Um, The video for Scars has a good number of fans who have Life of Agony tattoos. That seems to be kind of the, uh, uh, a very, a through line of the entire video. Um, Do you remember the first time you saw a Life of Agony tattoo on somebody else and how did you react? Um, Nice smile. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I feel good, I, I smile, I, you know, um, it's a good feeling, you know, when you got all these people across the globe basically 
tattooing your band's colors on them. It's a great feeling, especially now, more so than ever. Because when people are doing it now, like even though you're, you're, you're kind of your your male figures that normally you'd think they wouldn't even understand a transsexual or transgender woman or man, but yet they're wearing your colors proudly. It's a it's a really good feeling to know that I have all these people that would pretty much kill for me. Did you expect to become a um, kind of a spokesperson or a role model for people when you came out? I don't really think I am a role model, to be honest, darling. I don't look at life that way. Um, I certainly don't look at my life. I'm just, I'm just basically being me. Um, and I'm still trying to be me um, to my fullest potential. Um, but I didn't, I don't set out to wear those kinds of crowns or, you know, I'm no different than anybody else. I think, you know, everyone's here for each other in a sense. Um, I don't really like to put myself on a pedestal and I'm, you know, I'm wearing this thing proudly, you know. Um, I'm just basically living my life <laughs> as quietly as I fucking can, actually, since being that I've been in the public's eye for fucking past 30-something years. Um, you know, I was already famous before everyone else got their 10 minutes of fame online, you know. So it's a different game for me in a way. I'm just, if I can inspire people to live magically, then that's amazing. But I don't really, I don't really, you know, I don't really put myself on that kind of stage in a way, you know. I totally get it. I'm, I'm no better and I'm no worse than the next person, you know. Did you imagine when you buy it? Then that's cool, but um, I don't really, you know. Uh, did you imagine when you first started the band that you'd be still out there thirty years later? No. <laughs> you didn't have like big rock star dreams to be. Let's see, eighties. I don't um, know who that would be. Like maybe Ozzy, I guess, would be at the time, sort of. For me, no. I I'd much. I still have dreams. The dream hasn't. The dream isn't over yet, and I'm living my dreams. But yes, of course, I have bigger dreams, and being Ozzy is definitely not one of them. Um, I'd much rather. Uh, I'm, I look. I as far as vocalists, I look up to people like Billie Holiday and Robert Plant and Freddie Mercury and David Bowie. Um, I'm not saying Ozzy's bad and stuff, but um, I I have different kind of vocal heroes. 
Uh, the new record features uh, a, a new drummer in uh, Veronica. How did you first meet Veronica? She has a rather diverse and kind of wild resume with DMC and Jeff Beck and, and now your band. Yep. Well, Joey knew her, the guitar player for the band, knew her for about for 10 plus years before I even got to meet her, but I met her through Joey, actually. So I never really knew her or I've heard of her, but um, you know, met her the day of the first the, the first audition. Actually, I didn't even meet her prior. I've uh, I think we met many many years ago, but I, I don't remember, and I don't think she does either. <laughs> and how did you realize that she was the she was the one for the band? You just know that kind of stuff, you know. I think it's 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 an energy, it's a frequency, it's a vibration, and um, a level of musicianship. I think we all knew immediately when uh, we all started playing together that this was going to be some kind of new romance for the band. of course with some of River Runs Red from Life of Agony's River Runs Red album. I'll have more with Mina in just a moment, but first this is my first band. Every musician has to start somewhere in this episode. Manuel from Zeon Ardor discusses his heavy origins. Uh, it was called Atraxiastir and it sounded like if you played Burzum through a tin can. Yeah. <laughs> it was this just uh, <laughs> it was this the, one of the bands you alluded to earlier where people weren't showing up or is this just you? Oh, no, that was uh, uh, a band where people weren't showing up. That was that one, the first one. <laughs> uh, could you listen to it now without cringing? I thoroughly doubt it. Um, I haven't done that in a while, I think, due to that reason mainly. yeah. <laughs> and, but you do have recordings you could theoretically poke at and ruin your day with? I, I looked for it like two years ago, but I didn't find anything. Uh, I think we had one song recorded poorly, uh, but I, yeah, I can't find it. Too bad. Gotta go back to like the MySpace records and track it down. I'm, I'm still threading that. I guess I'll have to, you know, confront my demons someday. <laughs> <laughs> Zealand Ardor on the road right now with Behemoth. For dates, head to zealandardor.com. 
Now here's some of Tired and Lonely from the Roadrunner United album, which saw Roadrunner record artists past and present at the time collaborating on tracks. This one features Mina Caputo, Joey Jordison, Jim Root, and a lot more. This was actually my first introduction to Mina's work and voice in Life of Agony. So my first experience with your work was on the uh, Roadrunner United album on the song Tired and Lonely. Uh, how are you approached for that song and that whole that whole thing? Um, I think Monty, the A&R guy, who is actually putting the whole project together, I could be wrong. I think he had reached out to me and told me that Joey Jordison wanted to do a song with me. And, um, yeah, I was like, you know, being that I'm a fan of Corey and Joey, and, um, I was, uh, you know, I, w I was excited, and I, um, I told, uh, I told Monty, I think, to give my number to Joey Jordison, and I think Joey had called me, and then we we had a couple of conversations on what kind of song we wanted to write. I mean, basically, they he wrote the music and stuff and sent me the empty shell, and then I had written uh, vocals and melodies and stuff like that and added the piano at the end and all that shit. And then I think uh, we met. We rehearsed the day before the song for that uh, MTV special and then we played the next day um, and then yeah it was on the MTV performance thingy wingy or whatever it was yeah you were uh, with Scotty and Joey, Paul Dino and I think Andre from Sepultura or oh yeah well that was for the River Runs Red um, cover song that we did live when I sang with Corey Taylor live right um, oh yeah, we did Tide and Lonely too, I think. I don't even remember, dude. There's been so many gigs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you, it's totally fine. Fucking crazy. I'm actually shocked you even brought that up. Like, I don't even think too many people know that that even happened. That album opened so many doors for me. Like, I found vocalists and musicians I really liked, and I just started Googling them. Like, I looked. I looked up A Life of Agony, I looked up Annihilator, uh, to a lesser degree, like, I got into sort of more death metal-y stuff, and yeah, it was just a really cool thing, like, I don't know if that was exactly their goal, but me and a couple friends of mine just became obsessed, and it's still one of my favorite albums, start to finish, and that's oh, one of my favorite songs. Oh, cool, yeah, it's a pretty good song, it's a really cool song, man. Yeah, I'm really happy with how that worked out, you know, for not ever really 
for spending maybe two hours with the guy my entire life. <laughs> I thought it's pretty funny how, you know, and I think we were really fucking trashed too when we, you know, when it was all said and done. Forget about him then. At the end of the night, I think actually I just flown in from Europe from a tour and then met all those cats at the Nokia Theater to, to, to rehearse those songs and then play them live. It's pretty fucking crazy. Wow. But yeah, we did it. And um, yeah, it was a great, great, uh, it was great actually. I love that song actually. I think it's the best song on the album. Uh, this one might be kind of a, a silly one, but since the show ended, The Office has had like a second life on Comedy Central, and I was rewatching with my wife, and I noticed that River Runs Red is playing in an episode. Have you had yep. any people approach you about that song and find your music through The Office? About a million. <laughs> really? Yeah, I mean, I actually just retweeted on Life of Agony's Twitter page something like that Dwight was a Life of Agony fan. I think at least once a week someone reaches out to us with that whole office thingy. Wow. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a good ghost to have. Yeah, I was just watching that episode and I was like, holy shit. I know this song. And the funny you know the funny thing was I don't think I've ever seen one full episode of that show. <laughs> It, it runs a, up, I'm, I think. I'm a big Curb Your Enthusiasm and Seinfeld fan. I've never really I'm given big, Curb a, a chat. Oh my god, I'm like the biggest Larry David fucking fan ever, dude. And then, uh, what's his face? Um, who's the comedian? I forget his name. I'm having a draw. Uh, Richard Lewis fucking uh, DM'd me on Twitter last year or something because I, I played with the Lou Reed band mm -hmm. and I sing a couple of songs with them every year in New York City and I had posted something um, on one of the performances or something and Richard Lewis DM'd me and was like that was fucking phenomenal I'm a big Lou Reed fan you did him justice or something like that and I was just like dude wow I love you and your show Curb and ba 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 it was like a great it was like a really cool moment for me like yeah so uh, I'm a you, I'm a big Larry David fan you gotta give uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm a shot man what a fucking show I hear and great things when, it's just uh, what, HBO season I think season 7 just... when season 7 kicks in when they have Leon oh my god it's it's I, I I have to I have to tell you I know you're gonna think I'm totally psychotic but I don't give a fuck. I've been doing a Curb Your Enthusiasm marathon for about four years in a row right now straight. Like wow. I don't I I go through all the seasons and then I start over all over completely again because I need I love Larry David's humor. He makes me happy if I'm feeling sad or depressed for whatever reason. It's like I gotta end my night with some curb. He's just fucking unbelievably brilliant. He's an incredible writer. What a fucking show. You know, he write all the Seinfelds as well. 
mm-hmm. I think except for the last season too. Like he, the guy is just, it's so real, it's so hysterical. You, you just have to understand that Larry is all about the golden rule where everybody else around him doesn't apply the golden rule to life. And the golden rule meaning politeness, honesty, truth, really saying what you feel without a filter, and, you know, just treating people the way you want to be treated. The golden rule. You don't cut fucking lines. And the way he applies the humor is just completely um, unbelievable, man. I would love for for Curb to, like, put, like, a little, uh, a little life of agony kind of, like, I don't know, they walk into a rock record store and there's a Life of Agony poster or something. To be a part of that show in any way, I would die. I mean, sounds like you have but a contact. You just got to... Uh... You, you should really give it a chance, man. I, I don't... I don't... I've never owned a television up until a couple of years ago where my friends were like, yo, it's time for you to get a fucking TV. I, I love film. I am a big... I'm big into, you know, directors and film and real films and um, not your average like Hollywood, uh, Hollywood script. You know, it's, I'm more into real directors like you know Gaspano and uh, Lars von Trier and 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 of course we love Scorsese and people like that. Um, Julian Schnabel. But um, the fuck was I saying? What was I saying? Where was uh, it going? Curb. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. I just no took a hit. Made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> three, three, three. But, um, yeah, I would give it a shot, man. What a show. What an unbelievable show. Oh, yeah. So I was saying, like, I was. I don't even own cable. I do have a TV now, but all I have is, is, um, is Netflix and Amazon, which I don't really use. I'll use Netflix every so often for, like, nature stuff, but... Or a good show like, uh, you know, Russian Doll. Or there's a lot of cool shows that I've seen, of course. But I'm not a crazy TV person. Um, but my point was, um, I don't know what my point was. Just give Curb Your Enthusiasm a chance because it's unbelievable TV. My point being that I don't spend hardly any of my time watching television or shows it's got to be really special and you have to really yeah I guess you know it's not for everyone not everything is and that's understandable if you didn't like it but give it a, give it a chance sure I wrote it on my uh, question sheet here I have five underlines under it so that way I know yeah. it's super important you and your wife did you say yes my uh, love it it's good wholesome hysterical like every moment you'll be like oh my god I can't believe this you're either gonna give it a few episodes you know don't be judging it on the first pass you gotta (laughs) like you know give it to three four episodes and so you can understand the characters and how they do the show just to give you a little background they they um they have a script but they don't really go by it they know what's inside the script and what scene it is but they really play off of each other's real friendships and they're all comedians and 
they're fucking insane. It's just so insane. But yeah, once I get stuck on a show, I'm constantly in it. Like I'm, I get obsessed. Like Twin Peaks, or um, I never watched Seinfeld either. But I always knew Larry David had written it. So once I finally gave Seinfeld a chance last year, again, uh, another show that I'm always watching, like season to season, episode to episode. Um, and I don't really, I don't even have cable. I just have the Netflix channels. And I have a Plex thing where if I want something, I can, I can drag it over or buy something and drag it over. Like if I want to buy all the seasons, I drag it over to my Plex account and then that's how I can acquire shit like that like Peaky Blinders I love um, I don't know if you know that show but that's a, anyway let's finish because I think I have someone else calling me that's my other call but anyway well thank you for talking to me you, this has you. been great I'm really excited to check out Graver Enthusiasm and the new album okay thank you for your time and I, I hope um, you're satisfied and um if you need to continue, we can do it on a different day or whatever. Sure. Thanks so um, much. And, uh, yeah, be cool and thank you. The Sound of Scars will be released on October 11th via Napalm Records. Meaning the rest of Life of Agony are about to hit the road to promote said album. For dates, head to lifeofagony.com and follow the band at facebook.com slash lifeofagonyfamilia. F-A-M-I-G-I-L-A. Now to close this episode, I am recommending the Providence, Rhode Island band The Mighty Fall. The band have a kind of sort of hardcore sound, a kind of sort of groove metal sound, yet neither one of those labels totally encompass what their deal is. The band released an EP called Look the Part in August. From that EP here is Water's Edge in its entirety. Thank you. 
Support by the Mighty Fall was released in August. You can track it down over to Apple Music, Spotify, and all the likes. Then, to keep up with the band, you may do so by heading to facebook.com slash themightyfallbandri. As always, I would like to thank you for listening and advise that you head over to farbeyondmetalpodcast.com. There you can find ways to get in contact with me if you are in a band and you want to be on the show. If you want to keep up with the band on Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff, you can find links there at farbeyondmetalpodcast.com. And of course, the theme song is Far Beyond Metal by the band Strapping Young Lad from their album The New Black, courtesy of Century Meter Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thank you for listening.